This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Lovers, pet parents, pet people, everybody who loves pets. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Best Pets for Pets. You know, I love books. I love reading. I have ever since I was a kid, which was many years ago. And I love children's books, especially when they're about pets. There's so many great meanings they send. We have a very special author with us today, and I can't wait to introduce you all to her. So stay tight. We'll be right back after this message. Hey guys, Michelle Fern here. I want to tell you about Carlson Pet Products. They're a family-owned, budget-conscious company specializing in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from puppy through senior years. They have some great products, pet pans, folded elevated beds, crates, and pet gates. Their pet gates fit any size opening in your home. Most gates have a walk-through door for humans and a small door for your pet to go through. I've had a Carlson pet gate in my home for years and absolutely love it. And best of all, you're going to get 25% off and free shipping. Just visit carlsonpetproducts.com. And again, you'll get 25% off your order plus free shipping with the promo code PETLIFE. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am so thrilled to have with me today on Best Pets for Pets, Eva Pilgrim. She is the weekend co-anchor of Good Morning America Weekend Edition and soon-to-be new mom and author of Walter Does His Best. Congratulations on your baby, soon any day now, and your book. So many exciting things happening for you, Eva. A lot going on all at once. It was not planned that way, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the first questions, because Walter is based on your real life Walter, right? Correct. And he's sitting here. He sort of has a author credit in the book. His like picture is in the back of it and everything. Oh, yes. And for everybody, uh, we'll talk more about this, but Walter is Eva's French bulldog and he is beyond adorable. And Frenchies are becoming so popular. Yeah, they are super popular, especially I live in New York. I live in Brooklyn and they're like everywhere in Brooklyn because of the perfect size for the small amount of living space that we have. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think they're now the either number one or number two dog in the U.S., from, which is amazing because it was always retrievers or labs and so forth. All right. Let's talk about your book. Your book is called Walter Does His Best. And I love the title of it. You know, you can kind of guess the meaning, but what message did you want to convey with this book? Well, there were a couple of messages. One, like, we are all not perfect. (laughs) You know, the title very much sort of encapsulates Walter, my amazing and also hazardous Frenchie (laughs) and his misadventures. But there's something kind of special about the fact that he's just always living his best life and doing the best that he can. And it brings joy to people because oftentimes people overlook the mistakes when, you know, 
he's doing the ridiculous things that he does. And so a lot, the, a lot of the stories from the book are actually real life stories from taking Walter out and about in New York. And then the other message is sort of one of kindness, little tiny acts that I think most of us think are like insignificant. Uh, actually do make quite a big difference, I think, in the way that other people respond to us and in other people's day and in our own day. And so, yeah, Walter is snorting here. <laughs> agreeing. He's agreeing. Right, Walter? So I, like you, I wanted to sort of convey those two thoughts together. And that it's something that I've watched as, you know, we, as pet owners, we take our dogs on walks. And I watched the way that Walter interacts with other people. It sort of taught me something new about even the people in my own neighborhood that I lived in, a side of them that I hadn't seen prior to getting him. Um, and I did have him pre-pandemic. He's not a pandemic puppy. <laughs> okay. I got him as a, I mean, I wanted a dog all along, but as a correspondent, it's really hard to have a dog when you're traveling all the time. And so when I convinced my husband before we were married to move to New York and he's from London to cross the pond and live here. His one thing was, I want a dog. So I will move to New York. If you promise me, we will get a dog. <laughs> done. I would be done. Okay. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and so the only question was, you know, okay, what dog will we get? And my husband would literally take any dog or cat or living animal off the street. If I let him, we would have a zoo in our house, but we settled upon Walter. <laughs> yeah. My house feels like a zoo sometimes. And it's actually a quite small zoo from some of the people I've talked to <laughs> on best beds for pets and my other show Catitude. I have five and all four cats, one dog. And oh, wow. well, one of our show hosts has 19, so I'm not going to even go there. No, that's the like dream of my husband is like a whole <laughs> herd and he like runs them on the beach. That's what he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the points. I love these points and they're so important for children. You know, I think the message, especially that, you know, we're all not perfect, but we try. I think that's one of the crucial things you could, you know, teach a child. Yeah. And I also think, it, you know, what's so special about our imperfections is that's what makes us unique, right? And so often we're trying so hard to be perfect and perfection is, a, you know, is a nice thing to strive for in a lot of aspects in life. But I think realizing that you can still be very productive and do really nice things for other people, even if they don't turn out perfectly, whether it's the like, you know, the cake that you make for your neighbor that looks absolutely hideous, but you know, it's the thought that counts and it probably still tastes good. Or, you know, with Walter, it's the laughs that he provides people. I mean, like Jorge is one of the characters in our book. He's actually one of our neighbors. We saw him earlier today on our walk and he has a sign in his garden in front of his brownstone. It's like no, you know, pets or paws in his little garden. And Walter inevitably always pees there in front of Jorge and Jorge just laughs at him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm mortified. I'm like so mortified. <laughs> I see it in the book. <laughs> I'm a good dog. Look at me and I can fertilize. I can water. He's so excited to see Jorge though. He can't help himself. You know, it just like all comes out and you're like, oh gosh. <laughs> I just think it's so smart and so clever. And then the other thing that you mentioned, and that was one of the things I was just going to ask you, you know, about tiny acts of kindness, about instilling kindness, especially, you know, another thing, teaching it to children. I think that's one of another fundamental that they need to learn at an early age. 
Yeah. It's about thinking about someone other than yourself, right? If it's not being completely self-centered, but also looking around at people around you and seeing when someone else needs something from you, even if it's something very, very small, like a hello as you're walking past them on the street. And I think in the job that I do, I notice the small acts of kindness that people give each other. And it really is one of the most special parts of humanity. And it's the thing that like gets people through the day, (laughs) quite frankly, you know what I mean? Like you could be having a really terrible day and then someone does something really small, but really nice for you. And it turns your whole day around. And so teaching them to be on the lookout for that and how big of an impact they can have with really small things that they they can do themselves, I think is so important. And it was something that my mom really instilled in me as a kid. So as we were thinking about lessons we want to instill in our daughter, who's you know still on the way cooking inside me, <laughs> that was one of the things that came up in conversation between me and my husband repeatedly was this idea of we really want her to be a nice little girl and nice to other people. And I remember there was nothing that would make my mother more upset than if she found out that I had been unkind or even, I wouldn't even say unkind, but dismissive of someone else. And so being able to kind of hone in on that skill, I think it not only sets kids up to learn how to interact with people, but it also gives them this sort of like superpower as they get older, when you can look around and you notice how other people are doing and what's going on in their day. Maybe you don't necessarily know what's happening, but that something's not quite right. It gives you an ability to connect with them, but also know when to have conversations and not conversations like in a work setting (laughs) or with your friends or, you know, and how to approach those kind of difficult situations in a more graceful way. I think that's such an important lesson to teach little kids. You know, in hearing your description of all this, and it's so right on, it reminds me of something else I read way back on. It said something about the golden rule or everything I've learned. I learned in kindergarten, something like that. (laughs) And this is kind of like, it reminds me of like the child's version of the book, because you're, you're so right. I mean, there's certain things you have to teach children when they're really small and have it, you know, from toddler age and just keep at it because once they have that, like you said, acts of kindness, and then you see it even in adults, some behaviors that adults have, you know, they weren't taught the right thing as kids. So (laughs) if they had your book, they would have been so much better off. Well, and I think that's the thing we have to be honest with ourselves as adults, especially as you're trying to teach kids these lessons, right? Is that we fight the urge to be selfish and look inward, right? So you have to sort of ask yourself sometimes why you didn't want to be nice to someone and be honest with yourself about the fact that sometimes being nice isn't always easy and it's not the choice that we instinctively want to make, but it's the right thing to do, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things where human nature makes us, I think human nature makes us very selfish and there's nothing wrong with that, but you just sort of have to understand kind of where these instincts and motivations come from. And I think if you're honest with yourself about most of it, you realize you should like take a pause and be nice to someone else. (laughs) Exactly. All right. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. 
everyone, Michelle Fern here, your host on Best Buds for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel. And the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben and Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben and Jerry's Vermont office at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Eva Pilgrim about her new book, Walter Does His Best. So you know what else I noticed in your book, Eva? And I don't, well, first of all, where do I start? I have so many things. There's certain things I noticed. What is for snort? So Walter kind of makes these like weird noises. I was trying to put those noises to words, you know, (laughs) and he just sort of like hunkers down and snorts a bit. So that's what that's supposed to be. I mean, that's why I figured it was, but I thought that's that's an interesting sound. And I, you know, <laughs> it's my description of his sound. <laughs> right. And Frenchies have short snouts. Yeah. So he's always snorting and kind of huffing a bit. He can't help it. And, you know, that sort of like pouting sound. That's what he does when he doesn't want to do something. He literally just did it because he didn't want to walk down the street like right before I talked to you. He like <laughs> I carried him back down the block because he wouldn't walk. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever known a dog that doesn't like to walk. Right. That was the thing, right? Like I had dreams of walking my dog for like an hour. First of all, Frenchies, you know, with a flat face, they have a hard time breathing. So you have to be really careful to make sure they don't overheat. But he also just doesn't really like to be that active. And we got Walter because we Googled like laziest dog. I was really concerned about walking a dog in the middle of winter in New York. And Bulldog is one of the dogs that comes up as like, doesn't require a lot of activity. And he just prefers not to be that active. He has short bursts of energy, but like more than a 15 minute walk for him, he could do without it in his life. (laughs) So we take him on multiple shorter walks because he likes that better and it's easier for his breathing. And so he does, especially in the summer, so he doesn't get hot. But he just really, he likes the social aspect of walking. He likes to meet other dogs and play with other dogs. He likes to run at the park, but walking like exercise is not his thing, which I get. I get. I don't like to exercise either. So I understand like it's hot outside. I don't want to exercise, but he really like, he just puts his butt down and says, absolutely not. And for the 20 pounds that he is, you would be amazed how heavy and strong he can pull to keep you from walking forward. I have a knees and he's like 15 pounds. I can relate. They have like superpowers when they don't want to do what you want them to do. Yeah, no. And he's very stubborn, which is typical Frenchie. You know, he contemplates what he can get away with. He understands how to manipulate me. (laughs) One of the pictures in the book, he is shown on top of a taxi. Oh, yeah. You said there was a lot of real life. So I'm just. Oh, no, he's never been on top of a taxi. So Walter actually can't climb steps 
up or down really um, unless he's really motivated so he couldn't get on top of a car even if he wanted to i think that was a little bit of creative license from the illustrator more of him like dreaming of being on top of the car because i do think walter thinks he's like a big dog all of his favorite dogs in the neighborhood are huge they're like you know great danes his best friend when he was in puppy school was a yoshi he was a saint bernard <laughs> so he i think he thinks he's big he is not he's actually really small for a frenchie where we thought he would be bigger than he than he is <laughs> the book you know takes place where you live in, in new york city and one thing i noticed and which is i think super positive there's all kinds of people illustrated in the book. You have young people, old people, different races, you know, different names. Like you said, your neighbor, Jorge, that's a Latin name generally, you know, in the book. And I think that's great because of all places, New York City is a melting pot. A lot of other big cities are too. But I think that's a good thing for children to know because not all children live in these big cities. Was that something intentional or was it just describing your city or how did you come to that? Um, I do think it was intentional. And I also think, you know, with when you're training a, a little puppy, you want them to be around lots of different kinds of people so they feel comfortable. So I remember in our puppy class, we had like a woman who would walk around with a cane to kind of teach them what it was like to be around a cane and small children and skateboards and all kinds of stuff. So his exposure in New York has very much been very diverse, but also we particularly, I live in Brooklyn now, and we chose to live in this neighborhood because it is, it's a huge melting pot. Like literally you go to our, the main street near our house and like every kind of food you could possibly want is on that street. And so it's one of the beauty, the beautiful things about New York city, I think, and, and Brooklyn where we live. And it's also, nice because you realize that we all have that in common dogs sort of bring us together that way everyone no matter kind of what walk of life they come from like for the most part likes a dog <laughs> and they're excited about a dog they have a dog or they want to play with your dog and so it it kind of gives you a chance to get to know the people around you in a way that you wouldn't otherwise and i i do think you know there is a lot more that is similar amongst us all than is different, even if we disagree on things from time to time. Well said. I absolutely agree with you. Now, I know your book is, is it out yet or just about to be out? This show will probably be up in like, a, I think about mid third week of September 2021. Yeah. So the book came out September 7th, I believe. It was a Tuesday after Labor Day. So by the time this airs, the book will be out. What about some more Walter books? I'd love to do more Walter. I kind of envision Walter as like a, do you remember those Curious George books when you were a kid? I feel like Walter could be like a character that you learn from, that I've learned a lot from. I, I Don't you feel like you learn so much from your dogs all the time? Yes. I think he should be a plush Walter. And then he has all the books like Walter Town or something, Walter City. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I hopefully people respond well to this first story and then we can do more Walter books in the future. I would love to. It, it was really a wonderful, positive experience. And it's been fun, like taking Walter around and we got to shoot like videos with him. And he's like such a little character and it like makes my day better when my work day is focused on him. <laughs> 
Uh, he's a true ham, I guess. Oh, yeah. I think he thinks the world revolves around him, but he doesn't know anything different. I mean, literally, the dog has never been left on his own. He's traveled all over the country with us, and we have hopes to travel next year uh, internationally with him. So going to try to get him an EU pet passport. <laughs> that should work. Let's talk a bit about the illustrations. It's Walter Does His Best is illustrated by Jessica Gibson. And I've had other books on best bets for pets, and we don't always talk a lot about the illustrator, but this is exceptional. The pictures are so good. She captured Walter's likeness so well. It's adorable. How did that go? How was the process of, you know, getting the right illustrator and, you know, conveying what the pictures should look like? Well, we talked a lot as a team of the group of us that worked on the book together about Walter's personality. So when we were first putting it together and I sent the original draft and Walter, you have to remember, was in a lot of those meetings. They were like Zoom meetings (laughs) because it was in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know, he was there in the background and misbehaving and snoring and farting like Frenchies do. (laughs) And so he sort of like, everyone sort of got to see his character and his personality. And Walter has his own Instagram that I post things on in the voice that I think is Walter's voice. (laughs) Um, So there was a a lot of pictures of him and videos of him for her to draw personality. But I think she did a beautiful job, like really capturing the mindset of this little dog that I'm absolutely obsessed with. And also, you know, his intention in the pictures, you know, the real chaos that he brings to almost any situation. I should say he's actually a really well-trained dog. I know it doesn't seem like it when you look at the book pictures, (laughs) but he goes everywhere with me, literally like from the nail salon to a restaurant, he sits outside. He, for the most part, behaves himself, but there are always these little misadventures along the way that happen. And he has brought endless amounts of laughter in my life because of it. You know, dogs can just do that. There's just something I think magical about them. I mean, cats are great too, but they're different. (laughs) The other side of me has a cat show and I have more cats than dogs right now, but cats are their own thing. Dogs. Yeah. There's just something about them. And you can tell, you know, you read the book and it's, you know, it's a children's book. It's not, you know, a a ton of text. It's not, you know, a 150 page book. It's a small book, but the message comes across so clearly all the messages that you, we talked about in the beginning. It's just a fabulous book. What age would you say is the book geared to? We were kind of aiming for that like four to eight year old range. I think that's a time when, you know, kids are starting school And some of these lessons are really pertinent to um, being around other children and other people. So we were sort of shooting for the message to kind of hit that age range. But it's funny because my nephews are in that age range, but I have like friends whose kids are a little bit older and they still seem to find the laughter in watching Walter's adventures in the book. So I think it it kind of stretches a little bit, a little bit older than that Mm -hmm. as well. The pictures are so great that even if they're not really into the words, I think for the younger kids, it is something fun to look at as well. But that four to eight range was kind of what, in my mind, I was shooting for that early elementary school, preschool age range. And if you have younger children in your life or nieces, nephews, 
just give it to them early because kids and reading, there's so many great messages and never too early to read to your kids, to teach them about things and so forth. And it's a great book. Yeah. And I see that it's good to like read repeatedly the same books over and over again. So that's how things sort of sink in for us when we're little. At least that's what I keep seeing everywhere. These are the things that I think about. I have all these books ready to read my little girl. <laughs> This is going to my niece, Ellie, once it leaves my library, because she's, um, well, she's barely two, but such a reader, a book after book after book. And so she's going to probably be reading by three. Well, that's incredible. I think so. <laughs> okay. And where can people buy Walter Does His Best? It's in all the normal book places. So your Amazon Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. And I've been told that several of the smaller local bookstores have it as well, or at least they can get it if they, if you ask for it. So pretty much anywhere you can buy a book. And I really hope there's more Walter books. This is just excellent. And I, I want a Walter empire, you know, it, <laughs> I, I, I just think it'd be great. And well, Hey, Walter, you could be famous. He's already kind of famous. He's in print, you know? He thinks he's famous because everyone in our neighborhood knows his name. <laughs> we have a second here left. We didn't mention this, but just a little personal thing about Walter. What's his favorite treat? Oh, so Walter, if he could have it his way, would eat like jerky treats, but he's allergic to everything like Frenchies often are. So he's on like a super strict diet. It's so sad. My dog, who unfortunately passed on about a year ago, loved jerkies. There wouldn't be other treats that were raw and freeze dry, all these fancy ones. No, he just thumbed his nose, but jerky stuff. And luckily he wasn't allergic. You know, he loves like a beef flavored jerky, but he's allergic to beef. And it's just oh like, I know you have to, but he's such a little pig. Like we, we call him the pig because he will mind sweep anything off the ground. I mean, French fries. Oh. Any pizza, he has no preference as to what it is. He will just eat it. So you have to keep a really close eye on him. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, we really just don't deserve dogs. They're so great. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, whoever's way of giving us these little angels that we get to have for only a really short time. And they just bring happiness. They bring so much joy. There's no feeling quite like it. Yeah, no, there's something really special about having a dog. So it's been cool to be able to share little stories of my Walter in this book with other people. And hopefully it brings them a small amount of the joy that he's brought me. So that's what I hope for. <laughs> well, Eva, thank you so much for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Congratulations. I wish you all the wellness and wonderful things because I know you're going to give birth any day now. And thank you so much for writing this book and giving us all the opportunity to meet Walter through print and, you know, learn about his antics and learn some messages to teach our children. I so appreciate you taking the time. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. I hope you all loved meeting Eva Pilgrim and meeting Walter. This book is just fabulous. I've had a lot of books on Best Bets for Pets and quite a few children's books, but this book just, I don't know, it struck a chord. It's just so adorable and it definitely gets the messages across. It's called Walter Does His Best. It's by Eva Pilgrim. 
you know, Pilgrim, like Thanksgiving Pilgrim. So Eva Pilgrim, Walter does his best. Find it anywhere they sell books. And I would like to thank my guest, of course, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Thanks to Nikki, who is uh, my version of Walter, but he's a Havanese. Nikki likes to walk. He just never stops barking. So that's his... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's his message for me somewhere. Anyway, thanks to my uh, cat crew because, you know, they keep me company and help me with everything also. So that's Molly, Charlotte, and Dennis, Sammy, and Jethro. And thanks, of course, to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guest sound amazing. And thanks to everyone that listens to Best Bets for Pets. You know, it's the show's been on uh, just about... 11 years wow and we've had so many different products on here i definitely would suggest you know going back through our hundreds of shows and taking a look at some of the things because there's been so many different products all kinds of things and i hope you enjoyed this show so stay tuned you never know what's going to be coming up let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com